0: All right, in our Bibles, we are in First John tonight. First John, First John, in chapter three. Man, that that song is reassuring. In the day and age in which we live, He is able, and uh, He's not only able to deliver us, but well, He's able to do whatever we place in His hands to do. Sunday night was so exciting. Just uh, talking about our. Our church building and uh, all the things that have fallen into place. And just a reminder that God truly uh, is able. Looking forward to this Sunday. Right now we're in 1 John chapter 3. We're going to begin reading in verse number 10. So 1 John chapter 3, beginning in verse number 10. The Word of God says, In this the children of God are manifest or made known. The children of the devil... Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. For this is the message that ye heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his uh, brother, and wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were evil, and his brother's righteous. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you. We know that we have passed from death into life because we love the brethren. Now he that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Let's go to the Lord once again in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we do pray that you would just bless the service tonight. Lord God, be with the preaching Be with the teaching, be with all of our classes, all of our ministries. And Father, we pray for the power of your Holy Spirit now, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, you may be seated. Love obviously is not simply an emotion, (laughs) and love is not simply a word. It is an action. Somebody loves their car right now, and I'm hating it, (laughs) No, the, uh, things like that happen. And when we have to have the windows open, it just magnifies it. And so those of you who are online watching, you didn't hear it. You missed out once again. All right, First John chapter 3, verse number 10, we're dealing with love. In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. So we said this letter was written by John to young Christians to help them identify those who actually possess Christ and those who who actually, who, who only profess Him. And just like it is easy to identify those who profess their love and those who actually demonstrate their love. So in this section, as we talked about last week, John says that another way that Christians are revealed is in their attitude toward others. Not only is our relationship uh, supposed to be towards god but uh, uh our relationship needs to be towards other people also christianity is not an isolationist relation uh, or an isolationist uh a lifestyle as a matter of fact when we talk about separation a lot of people think that means isolation that we are to pull ourselves out of the world and a matter of fact a lot of churches uh, have been very good at doing that they've kind of isolated themselves they've built themselves a bubble and and they've got everything and uh, which is one thing that you have to be really careful about they have everything on, on that bubble from their all their activities to uh well obviously church and and school and and uh, and everything else and and it's not that that that's wrong However, we need to understand that the reason God left us here is not so that we could pull out of the world. Obviously, we're to live separate from the world. That means we are not to uh, necessarily be involved in worldliness and the sins of the world. But as Paul reminds us, we live in this world, and we are to be a light to this world. And how can we let our lights shine if we live in isolation To the world. And so we need to be very careful. There's a fine line between separation and isolation. And God has called us to be a witness and God has called us to be a testimony. We are missionaries here, we are pilgrims here, we are here for the sole purpose. Otherwise, if salvation was just about going to heaven, we'd go as as soon as we accepted Christ as Savior. But God has left us here and he's given us the great commission and that is that we are to be witnesses separate from the world but not isolated from the world. And of course the world is going to see Christ in us and one of the things that's going to stick out, one of the things that's going to cause that light to shine is love. And so in uh, 1 John chapter 3, verse number 10, we covered this one in depth last week. And that is, the lack of love is the manifestation of the devil's seed. Verse number 10, in this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. And by the way, this is the brethren. We are the brothers and sisters in Christ. We are to love one another. And we we talked about this in depth last week. And one of the things we talked about is this love is not the condoning of sin. As a matter of fact, the Bible says this. The Bible says that um, open rebuke is better than secret love. Now, secret love would be... Um, a a love that that hides from the truth, uh, a love that condones the truth. Uh, A church that does not preach against sin, and a church that does not preach on what true biblical separation is, uh, is not a church of love. And we know that we've got this all backwards, that, that today love is about condoning lifestyles and love is about uh, acceptance and and love is about tolerance when in actuality love is just the opposite sometimes we need to be rebuked sometimes we need to be corrected sometimes we need to be convicted and that's not due to a lack of love that's because there is love and open rebuke is better than secret love faithful are the wounds of a friend in other words, um, sometimes people have to hurt us and, and sometimes the preaching of the word has to hurt us in order for us to get better. Um, sometimes you go to the doctor and the doctor has to give you a shot. And, you know, when we were kids, I can remember thinking that doctors only did that because they hated us. And that, that's not the case at all. Um, sometimes a shot is good for us. Sometimes they've got to cut us open. If they don't cut us open, then we then we will die. Uh, sometimes they've got to take things out of us. They've got to remove things. We've had a couple of members of the church recently that had appendixes removed. It wasn't because the doctors disliked them and the doctors wanted to just be mean and cut people open and tear things out. No, it's because... If they were left in there, then then they would die. And so sometimes we need to be cut. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. We talked about that in depth last week. How that a church that truly loves is a church that's going to hurt sometimes. Because a church that loves is going to preach against sin and a church that loves is going to, at times, uh, deal with sin, and it's not going to be fun. And so, uh, the lack of love is the manifestation of the devil's seed. We talked about that in depth last Wednesday night. The second thing that I want you to look at is in verse number 11 now. 1 John chapter 3, verse number 11. For this is the message. You know that love's the basic message of the gospel? From the beginning, this has been God's message to us. And as brothers and sisters in Christ, we are to practice that on each other. We are to love one another. First of all, it was a commandment. Matthew chapter 22, and in verse number 37, Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul. And with all thy mind, this is the first and great commandment. The second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And so it's the basic message of the gospel. It is our obligation. The gospel is Jesus loving us and doing what was necessary for us. And in response to that, we are to love one another. Not only was it is God's love command, or not only is love commanded, and God commanded it to us, but He also displayed it. Romans five eight God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. John chapter thirteen, verse number fourteen. Jesus says, "I've demonstrated this to you. I've given you an example." In John 13, 14, he says, If I then your Lord and Master have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. Now he's talking to that very first church there, those apostles there. He's just finished washing their feet, and he's told them, Now I've given you an example. This is what we are to do as fellow church members, as brothers and sisters in Christ. This is how we demonstrate our love to one another. We serve one another. And and specifically, this specific illustration is actually the illustration of forgiving one another. Because that is what we are going to have to do. We're going to have to forgive one another. We're going to have to serve one another. So Jesus says, I've given you an example. I am your Lord and Master, yet I've washed your feet. I've set an example for you. I've served you. And ye need to wash one another's feet. He says, I've given you an example that you should do as I have done. This is the great thing. I think this is one of the greatest attributes of our God. It's not that he just commands, as many gods do, commands and says, you do this, and I expect this of you. As a matter of fact, Jesus' greatest complaint of the Pharisees was they said, do, 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 and they wouldn't lift a finger themselves. And yet, Jesus set the example. This is how you love. Romans chapter 12, we read that... uh, We are to present our bodies a living sacrifice. And many would say, well, that's just not fair. That is just too much of God to ask that we should have to uh, uh, live our lives as a sacrifice and be sacrificial and, and give things up. Well, God never asks us to do anything. He hasn't already set the example and done. Jesus gave up the splendor of heaven to live in this squalor down here on earth. And uh, um, uh, he, he set the example. He became the sacrifice, which is why the Bible says that if we present our bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, it's our reasonable service. It's the least we can do for a God who says, do as I have done. Man, aren't you glad to have a God who says, do as I have done, not just do. Uh, and, and he says, come unto me, not just go. Man, that, is the, that is the best kind of leader to have, a, a servant leader, one who leads by example. Parents need to take note, lead by example. Don't just say do, 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 or go, go, go. Uh, we, we need to be servant leaders and lead by example. And we have a great God who's done that very thing. Many Christians are trying to convey the gospel of love without portraying the gospel of love. Backbiters, gossips, negativists within the church are more dangerous than the lawmakers outside the church. By the way, it is more dangerous too. Uh, uh, to uh, be a complainer even about the lawmakers, um, you pose more of a danger or we pose more of a danger than the lawmakers themselves. Because if there's anything that we've learned throughout history, it's that the lawmakers cannot break the church. But the people from within certainly can. You know, the more that the church is persecuted, the stronger the church becomes. And the, uh, the, the the more the church grows, particularly spiritually. But when the enemy comes from within, backbiters and gossips and negativists within the church, they are much more dangerous than the lawmakers outside of the church. Hebrews chapter 12 and in verse number 14. Paul writes to those Hebrew Christians, he says, follow peace with all men. uh, And, of course, this is in the context of Christianity. Follow peace with all men. To follow peace means to pursue it because uh, it is is such a, uh, well, it's so foreign to us. That we've got to strive for it. We've got to work for it. We've got to pursue it. It's not something that just comes naturally to us. So we're to follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. You know, if we are not living peaceably, people outside these walls are not going to see the Lord. If we are not living lives of righteousness and holiness, people are not going to see the Lord because we are the Lord's representation. And so if we don't follow peace with all, uh, all men and we don't follow holiness, no man's going to see the Lord. We won't see the Lord in our own lives, but certainly the world will not see the Lord in us. Don't forget, we are ambassadors. We are to represent his holiness. We are to represent his love. We are the walking Bibles that people read. And if all they hear is complaining and murmuring and gossiping and backbiting and negativity, guess what? They're not getting a clear picture of the Lord. And they're not seeing the Lord because we're not allowing it. Looking diligently, continuing on there in Hebrews chapter 12. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. See how much work this is? First he says we've got to pursue peace. It's not going to come naturally. We have to pursue holiness. Because it's not within our nature. We want people to see the Lord. So now we've got to look diligently. Lest any man fail of the grace of God. In other words, God's grace doesn't fail. It's we who fail God's grace. By murmuring, complaining. And then this next thing he talks about. We fail of the grace of God by a root of bitterness that springs up and it troubles me when it's in me and then I defile many because of my own bitterness. And so this is something, he says, we got to look diligently. Bitterness is natural for us. We understand this just because things are natural doesn't mean they're right. As a matter of fact, many things that are natural to us. Paul said, for me, uh, coveting was natural. Lust was natural. But then the word, to, word of God, God's uh, law came around and, and, and demonstrated to me that even though it's natural, it's wrong. Many of these things that come naturally to me. Bitterness is extremely natural. When someone hurts me, My reaction is to become bitter. And that is not holiness. And that is certainly not demonstrating the grace or the love of God. 1 Peter chapter 2, 1 Peter chapter 2, and in verse number 10. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 10. Peter writes, he that will love life. And see good days. So who doesn't want to love life? We all want to love life. Who doesn't want to see good days? That means days that are blessed by God. So if you want to love life. And you want to see good days. Here's how you do it. Refrain your tongue from evil. Murmuring. Boy, when we think of evil, we just think of, ah, just cursing and swearing and telling dirty jokes. No, there's a lot that we do naturally that is evil. He says, if you want to love life and see good days, refrain. And again, that word refrain indicates this, it's going to be work. Because when things don't go our way, man, naturally things come out that ought not come out. So he says, refrain your tongue from evil and your lips that they speak no guile. Let this man eschew, that means to avoid evil and do good. Let him seek peace and And ensue it, which means again to pursue, to go after, to work for. And so we have to we have to seek peace and we have to pursue it. He that soweth discord among the brethren is in the list of things that God hates. It's an abomination. Proverbs chapter six. Uh, I'm sorry. Proverbs chapter six, verse sixteen. These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue. Look at how many of these things have to do with what we say. Hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. And so, not only is the lack of love the manifestation of the devil's seed, love's the basic message of the gospel. And it ought to be demonstrated by those who've experienced the gospel. And yet more often than not, unfortunately, we'll use our tongues for negative rather than for the positive of the gospel. This is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not only is it the basic message of the gospel, look at verse number 12. Love gives you a spiritual attitude towards the truths of God. Love gives you a spiritual attitude toward the truths of God. Not like Cain, who was of that wicked one, who slew his brother. And wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were evil and his brother's righteous. So why did he want Abel out of the way? Why did he want to shut Abel up? Why did he end up, finally end up killing Abel? Because his deeds were wicked and his brothers were righteous and they spoke to him and they convicted him. Have you ever noticed how you can make people mad simply by doing nothing? Like not getting involved in the in the talk. Like not drinking. How people, they get upset. And they've always got to make some snide remark. Oh, you're one of those. Hey, I, I haven't said anything. I'm just not doing it. Well, when your deeds are wicked... And someone else is righteous. You're not fine with them just doing nothing. You want them eliminated. You want them completely out of the picture. And that's exactly what Cain ended up doing with Abel. Like Cain, the world hates the truth. Now, Cain had religion. But it wasn't true religion. Remember, Cain was religious. Cain offered a sacrifice to God. He brought an offering to God. It just wasn't the true offering. It wasn't true worship. Cain was. Cain worshipped. Cain was sincere in his worship. Cain worked hard in his worship. But it's not by works of righteousness which we have done. According to his mercy. It's according to the truth. And so when... Cain's religion was rejected. Uh oh, he hated the person whose religion was accepted. And you know the Bible says that Cain and Abel went they talked. And I can I can pretty well tell you how that conversation went. Cain was trying to persuade Abel to accept His ungodly ways. Hey, Abel, come on. I mean, I tried just as hard as you did. I worked just as hard as you did. Now, come on, Abel. Just say that I'm okay. Just say that I'm right. Just say that that you accept my way. And Abel, because he knew the truth, had to tell Cain, i can't do that i can't I can't accept that offering I, I can't say it's good I can't say that that it's all right I can't say that the road you're going down is a good road, a prosperous road, a road that will be blessed. I can't say that." I can't say that your lifestyle is accepted by God because, it's, because it isn't. How dare you? Who do you think you are judging me? And I guarantee you that's exactly how the conversation went to the point Cain got so mad there was only one thing he could do, censor Cain and completely get rid of him. Tell me we don't see this in the world today. It's exactly what goes on today. Because when a person's ways are wicked, they demand acceptation by everybody. Demand it. And if you can't accept it, then you need to be eliminated. Eliminated. This is the world that we live in today. And that's not love. It's so funny that they do it under the guise of love, don't they? Love is love. Love doesn't know any language barriers. And, and love doesn't know uh, gender. Love is love. And, oh, you, you, you Christians, you just don't know what love is. The only definition we have of love is the one that's given to us in the word of God and demonstrated to us by Jesus. Jesus loved everyone, but he couldn't accept everyone. As a matter of fact, when the Pharisees came to be baptized, John the Baptist, through the Holy Spirit, said, "Bring forth meat, uh, bring forth fruit, meat for repentance, and then I'll baptize you." In other words, you have got to denounce your way. You have got to repent of your uh, of the direction that you're going. God does not accept your religion or your lifestyle. And I'm sure they walked around, walked away, saying, "Wow, he, he claims to be the prophet of love. That's not love. Oh, that is love. Love is truth. Love gives you a spiritual attitude toward the truths of God. First John chapter 4, once again, verse number 12. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother, and wherefore slew he him? Because Cain's works were evil. Now think about that. Who did Cain hurt? Because we hear this all the time. Who's my lifestyle hurting? Well, the truth of the matter is, sin has undercurrents that hurt a lot of people. You may not be able to see it immediately. But sin always has undercurrents that hurt a lot of people. But let's just put it in today's language. Who am I hurting by presenting God a bouquet instead of a bloody offering, a bloody sacrifice? Remember the difference between Abel's sacrifice and Cain's. An animal had to die for Abel's sacrifice. Cain's sacrifice, as I said, it was beautiful. Beautiful. Cain worked hard for it. Boy, by today's standards, you would look at Cain's religions and say, now that's the religion of love right there. Well, that being the case, why did he get so mad he felt he had to eliminate Abel? Because his own works were evil. How can cutting a bouquet be considered evil because it was totally contrary to what God had asked him to do it was the opposite of what God had asked him to do and anytime no matter how beautiful it may be no matter how wonderful the world tries to portray it if it's the opposite of what God asks And it doesn't have to be the complete opposite. The Bible has given us a command and he says we're not to go to the right of it or to the left of it. Let alone the opposite of it. So even if it's just slightly to the right of God's mandate, God's command, God's precept. If it's just slightly to the right, it's still evil. Slightly to the left, it's still evil. God's given us a a, a narrow road to go down and we need to stay on it because as soon as we veer then our ways are evil. Why did he have to eliminate his brother? Because his own works were evil and he couldn't talk Abel into accepting his way. That Despite what the world t- tries to tell us, that's not love. Love is setting the example. The world hates the truth. When confronted with the truth, Cain got angry. Even when God himself confronted Cain, Cain was angry. God even had to ask him, why are you so wroth? And why is your countenance fallen? Why are you so upset? Like Cain, the world can't stand those who align with the truth. You know, Cain didn't hate Abel. He hated God's word, which revealed to him that he was wrong. Abel was just a reminder of the truth. For centuries, we've seen this to be true. True Christianity doesn't commit murder or hate, but many a church in the past has done this very thing in the name of Jesus. Murdered, hung Christians uh, at the stake, burned them. The Anabaptists were murdered in droves by the Catholic Church, and they even admit it. Cardinal Hosea said in 1524... Were it not that the Baptists have been grievously tormented and cut off with a knife during the past 1,200 years, they would swarm in greater number than all the Reformers. He even admitted it. In this, we can see Cain opposing the truth and displaying who he truly is. Oftentimes, though you think your bitterness and negativism is warranted, and righteous some people even you will use the term righteous indignation you know the only one who has the right to righteous indignation is god that's not that's not for us the bible says vengeance is mine saith the lord i will repay we just need to live for him And let God take care of everything else. Well, oftentimes we think our bitterness and negativism is is warranted. We'll even think it's righteous. But it's because of the negative voice of Satan that we so easily listen to. Listen, the lack of love is the manifestation of the devil's seed. Love is the basic message of the gospel. Love will give you a spiritual attitude toward the truths of God. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. And then last of all, tonight, loving the brethren. Actually, just two more things real quickly. Loving the brethren is necessitated by the disdain of the world. Look at verse number 13. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you. Why is it so important that we love one another because the world hates us? Why is it so important that we exhort one another? Why is it so important that we uh, uh that we assemble together well we are told that the the reason it's so important that we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is that previous verses that we are to um uh, we are to uh Try to exhort one another that we are to provoke to love and good works. That's what the previous verse says. Provoke one another to love and to good works. And then exhort one another. And all the more as we see the day approaching. Because the world is not going to encourage us to live for the Lord. The world's not going to encourage me as your preacher to preach the truths of God's word. We need to encourage one another. We need to love one another. It's necessitated by the disdain of the world. Remember, Cain represents the world. Abel represents the child of God. And what did the world do to the child of God? This is why we have to love one another, encourage one another. And then verse number 14, love for the brethren is evidence of one salvation. Look at verse 14. We know that we have passed from death into life because we love the brethren. That's pretty clear right there. It's one, the, it's one of the fruits of the Spirit, love. And love for the brethren. Evidence of one's salvation. You know, it's sad that so many who call themselves Christians would rather be doing the things of the world than doing the things with the brethren that uh when a an activity comes up oftentimes there are those you'll find out doing things with the world and they don't have time for the activities of the church you know uh at our picnics that we have as a church there are so many people who make the comment and i wish we could do this more often the fact that we haven't had potlucks or activities like, we, like we'd like to have, of course, there's nothing like that going on. Man, it would be so nice. Hey, on the flip side, there are many who have better things to do and better places to be, and this especially goes for the church services, the gatherings and the assembly. It's a sign of brotherly love, which also was a sign or uh, evidence of one's salvation. No, there's a reason why people would rather be in the world than in the house of God. It's because they're of the world or they're backslidden. John said it's because they abide in death or they prefer that which is temporary to that which is permanent. Verse number 14, once again, we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brother. Now, he that loveth not his brother abideth in death. This does not necessarily mean they're, they're not saved, but could be backslidden, headed down a destructive road. The backslidden Christian d- dislikes being around the brethren, even sometimes more than the lost person dislikes being around the brethren. Because the backslidden Christian has the Holy Spirit in them. And as convicted as the world gets, around christians the backslidden christian gets even more convicted around other christians because that holy spirit dwells within them christians can live in sin to the point that physical death occurs and this is usually when they're not around the brethren first john 5 verse number 16 says, if any man bro- see his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. Now there is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. We've seen people sin sins unto death. And they're never <laughs> around the brethren, nor do they want to be. He who loves the brethren abides in life, also abides with the brethren. Let's have every head bowed and every eye closed. With every head bowed, with every eye closed. Listen, the lack of love is the manifestation of the devil's seed. Love's the basic message of the gospel. Love gives you a spiritual attitude.